Amen. Please remain standing. Take your Bible together with me and turn to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 will uh, conclude that chapter tonight by God's grace by considering verses 12 and 13. The Word of God. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of thorn shall come up the cypress, instead of brayer shall come up the myrtle, and it shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, even as we sang together before the preaching of your word, we also say to you, our Heavenly Father, Master, speak to us. Your servants are listening. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You come to Isaiah 55. And among other questions, the one question that should come to your mind is what do those who turn to the Lord in repentance and faith receive from God? Well, the usual answer that believers give to this question, of course, is salvation. Those who turn to God in repentance and faith, they receive salvation from God. Or they, or they receive the forgiveness of their sins from God. And that is true. Faith and repentance are the means for salvation and the means for the pardon of all our sins. The prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 55 over and over again reminded us when we turn to God by repentance and faith, God pardons our sin. But not only He pardons our, our sin, but He pardons our sin abundantly. It overflows. The forgiveness of God in your life, in my life, when we turn to Him in faith and repentance, overflows in our life. It's amazing. It's beyond of our comprehension. Remember Isaiah already told us, our thoughts and our ways are so different from God's thoughts and God's ways. Even at the time that we sometimes tell our own life that there will not be forgiveness for us, God will never love us anymore, and yet God forgives us. Notice verse 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way, and the unrighteous man His thoughts. 
Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. That's the God that you worship, beloved. That's the God to whom you run for the forgiveness of your sins. But here in Isaiah 55, the prophet also presents to us the full package of our salvation. Not only salvation, not only justification, not only adoption, not only sanctification, but also glorification. You know, the full package of our salvation. And he explains it to us in terms of genuine, lasting joy and peace. When we turn to God, we not only hear His Word, we not only incline our ears to the preaching of the Gospel, the preaching of the Word of God, we not only enjoy the sacrament as the means of grace, but we also experience joy and peace in the presence of God. Verse 12, For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. Think about these two special and excellent gifts from God. Joy and peace. You see what Isaiah is doing here. You have this great invitation from God. Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why, what is this invitation for? Why is God extending His two hands to all people to come to Him? But those who are hungry, those who are thirsty to come to God and receive His gifts without paying any money. Buy what? Milk. And wine. Wine, of course, it represents joy. Milk rep- represents strength. So God is saying, come and, and receive uh, joy and strength without payment. For that you come and hear the word of God. And you hear about the everlasting covenant that God has established with His people. You will hear that God and His forgiveness are greater than our own thoughts and ways. So the result will be what? The result will be joy and peace. But the lasting joy and peace A transcendent joy and peace. You see, the lesson for us tonight is those who return to the Lord find in Him true, genuine, lasting joy and peace. And I want us to consider from our text tonight just two points. The first one, where we are going. Where Where are we going as Christians? 
as believers. Isaiah will tell us where we are heading. You know, God is leading us. We are following our God. Notice carefully. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. So someone is leading. The Lord is leading. You and I, as believers, we are following Him. We are following His lead. And He's leading us to what? To joy and peace. What kind of joy? Joy that goes, that goes and takes us beyond of our circumstances. Joy that is everlasting. Joy that is not perishable. And then peace. What kind of peace? The same. Everlasting peace. Eternal peace. So where are we going? And then we will also consider creation transformation in verse 12 and 13. But first, where we are going. Again in verse 12, For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. How often, when you live here, here on earth, how often do you wake up in the morning, and those of you who goes to work, or those of you who are students and you go to school, uh, how often do you wake up in the morning and say to yourself, Lord, Lord, help me to experience joy and peace today. You hear about the violence in uh, Louisville. In, in uh, Tennessee, you know, people, uh, you know, go to work and uh, they expect to come back home safely. Someone comes and shoots at them and, you know, they are dead. How many of us, when we pray in the morning, pray for joy and peace? Do you know, it is given to us in Christ Jesus. Even now, even today, here in America, where, you see, uh, people are being attacked, people uh, facing violence unexpectedly, we have joy and peace because we belong to Jesus. We belong to Christ. You know, when the attack was taking place at the bank in Louisville, if you have, if you have watched some of the news uh, on the TV, I was, I was really touched um, when I saw um, a couple of women um, outside of the bank holding, um, holding hand to hand and pray. Where did that joy and peace come from? Where did that confidence come from? So you see, uh, Isaiah has been calling the people to repent, to turn to the Lord. And the reasons so far has been because God's ways and our ways are different. We need to return to the Lord. Because His way is the best. His way is much, much better than our own thoughts and our own ways. 
That's a reason to return to God. The giver of life. The protector of his people. The one who transforms our life. The one who reconciled himself with us. Without even you and I asking him. The just God justifying the unjust. By grace. Through his mercy. We need to return to this God. And then we also need to return to God because his word is trustworthy. We can rely on the word of God. His word is faithful. His word never fails. You remember that? What Isaiah told us about the nature of the word of God. For as rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty or void, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. This is the reason why we need to return to God, because His word never fails. And now the final reason is, The final incentive for us is what should motivate us to repent repent and turn to God is verse 6. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. And with this pardon comes what? Joy and peace. Joy in this context, beloved, is the inner transformation of a person. The inner transformation of a person. In Isaiah 35, you will read the description of what Isaiah is talking about in Isaiah 55. Isaiah 35 uh, verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads and they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Who? The ransomed. Where? In Zion. Do you love Zion? What is Zion for us? The church. Do you love the church? We must love the church. Because there is peace in the church of Jesus Christ. There is gladness in the church of Jesus Christ. I would rather be in the house of the Lord, in the church of Jesus Christ, than somewhere else. Because there is joy, there is peace in this place. Why is that? Because God dwells among His people. Maybe some of you, you are looking at how small we are. 
And then when we look at how small we are, sometimes we belittle the grace of God. We belittle His presence among us. But you are the ransom. You are the ransom in Zion. And if God is faithful to His promise, it means He's here among us. He dwells among us. It doesn't matter how our number is big or small. This is real. This is real. If you don't feel His presence now, if you don't understand that He dwells among us by His Holy Spirit and through His Word, then you need to hear to Isaiah. You see, peace is uh, the inner transformation of a person. If you have this peace in your life, you understand what Isaiah is talking about here. In John 16, Jesus said, and I give you what? I give you joy. And no one will take the joy that they have given you away from you. Because it's an everlasting joy. It's an eternal joy. It will not be moved. You will not be moved. You and your joy will not be moved. Because you belong to God. What about peace? What is this peace? This peace is a new relationship with God. You see, the first one is an inner transformation of a person. And then the second one, peace, is a new relationship with God. This peace is what the suffering Messiah in Isaiah 53 brought to us. Let me read that for you. If you go back to Isaiah 53, in verse 5, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us what? Peace. This is the peace that Isaiah is addressing, that Isaiah is talking about. In Romans 5, 1, Paul said, since now, you know, we have been justified by faith, we have now peace with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. This is uh, a reconciliation with God. A new relationship. When God, by His Spirit, uh, writes His law in our heart, when He gives us a new heart, the heart of flesh. He removes the heart of stone and gives us the heart of flesh. Then we experience this peace in our life. In verse 12, Isaiah said, and we will be led forth in peace. God will lead us toward uh, this uh, lasting joy and peace. In Psalm 16, 11, listen to the psalmist. This is marvelous. This is marvelous. You make known to me the path of life, the psalmist said. 
In your presence, in your presence, wherever God is present, wherever the Holy Spirit is present, in your life, in our midst, as, as uh, the ransomed in Zion, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This is for you. In Christ Jesus, in the Messiah. I, I always want to encourage you to study and memorize and uh, acquaint yourself with Isaiah 53 so well. It's a very rich chapter. In fact, that chapter is the, the summary of the gospel. You see him being rejected and despised. You see him suffering. You see him dying. But then you see him raising up from the dead. And you see him establishing righteousness to the elect, to the people of God. You see the ransomed in Zion becoming the fruit of his suffering, the fruit of his death, and the fruit of his resurrection. And that brings what? That brings to your life, to my life, a lasting, genuine, uninterrupted joy and peace. Inner, transfor inner transformation, but also new relationship with God. Based on peace that Christ has established between us and this holy God. Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. This is what Isaiah is talking about. Why do you come to the kingdom of God? To eat and drink? No. Why do you come to the kingdom of God? Just to sing, worship, and then you go home and feel miserable. No, you come to the kingdom of God to, uh, to have the righteousness of Christ uh, in you by faith, to eat, uh, to partake his body, to, to drink his blood by faith, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And then you also come to have peace and joy. But not the kind of peace and joy that people uh, in the world talk about, temporal, um, peace and joy that depends on circumstances. And then when things goes wrong, your peace, your joy is gone. No, no. This is genuine and lasting uninterrupted peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that, in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. So this joy and peace, both of them come from God. And they're grounded in Christ, in His person, in His work. But they belong to you. 
because you are in Christ. You see, Paul's prayer, Paul's desire for the believers was that uh, the God of hope would fill them with all joy and peace. And how do they obtain those things? How do they achieve those things? By believing. So that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And Philippians 4.4. 4. It's a command, but I want, I, I want us to understand uh, the nature of this command. It's not a suggestion. It's not a recommendation. It's a command. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. In a sense, Paul was saying, if you people are believers, if you people are in Christ, the mark of your life should be joy. The mark of your life should be peace. The implication for the people of Israel in Isaiah 55 was they were in exile. And the implication for them was God told them, if you return to me by faith and repentance, if you forsake your wicked ways, God promised them, then I will return you back to the promised land. The implication for you and I, we're not in exile, but in a sense, we are in exile in this fallen world. If you return to God by faith and repentance, if we abandon, forsake our wicked ways, God will restore us to himself. And he will give us joy and peace that are everlasting. That are everlasting. Secondly, we see creation transformation. You see, Isaiah first shows us where we are heading. God is leading us. We are following him by faith. We'll go, we're going to... Heaven, of course. But as we go to heaven, following our God, God blesses us and gives us joy and peace. Inner transformation, new relationship with Him. And as Jesus promised us, no one would take this joy and peace away from us. Because Jesus secures them in us. But then, uh, there is something interesting here. For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. Now you know what this means. But listen to this. The mountains and the hills before you shall break forth into singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress. Instead of the the Prayer shall come up the myrtle. It shall make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Sounds strange, yes? The uh, mountains and 
hills accompanying the people of God in singing. I have never experienced uh, hills and mountains uh, singing for me. What's going on here? Well, when Jesus, our Savior, returns in glory, He will renew the creation. It was cursed. The creation is under curse. God told Adam in Genesis, in the book of Genesis, God told Adam, because of your sin, because of your disobedience, the ground will be cursed. And if we, if we go to Romans 8, we would really understand the consequence, the consequence and the result of the fall. In Romans chapter 8, the Apostle Paul um, talks about, about this. Let's go to uh, Romans 8. And I want us to consider something here. Romans 8, beginning from verse 18 to 24. Listen carefully. This is what Isaiah is referring to in uh, Isaiah 55, uh, 12 and 13. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worse comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. We don't even you know, understand it, comprehend it. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it. In hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of the childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is sin is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. So you see, Paul here is telling us, when Christ comes back in glory, he will renew creation. He will make new heaven and new earth. The book of Revelation tells us about that new Jerusalem where God is going to make through Christ new heaven and new earth. Then the creation will act as if they are singing, as if they are accompanying the ransomed in Zion with singing and joy, because they too will be liberated. They will set free from the curse under which they continue to groan, even now, even today, that's the hope that the 
prophet is talking about in Isaiah 55. Christ will come, beloved, and he will turn the curse into blessing. We saw that this morning. Jesus taking the cup of wrath, wrath of God, the wrath of his father. He took it. He took it to the cross. He was nailed on the cross, bearing that cup of wrath upon himself. The moment he said it is finished, the moment he he brought all the sacrifices of the Old Testament to an end, no more sacrifice, because he died once for all. The covenant that he established between Uh, Him and believers was an everlasting covenant full of peace and joy and forgiveness. Then the cup of wrath turned into a cup of blessing. That's what Isaiah is talking about. He's going to reverse it. It will be reversed. Curse, uh, warning, threatening, you know, all these things will be reversed by Christ, by the work of Christ on the cross. Isn't, isn't, isn't what the Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 16? The cup of blessing that we bless Is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? Which is the benefit of our salvation. Not the wrath of God anymore, but joy and peace. Joy and peace. It's amazing in the New Testament, every time Jesus encounters people under the bondage of demonic powers, the woman who was caught in adultery. Every time Jesus deals with sinners, even sick people, he always deals with their sin, with their real need, salvation, forgiveness. And Jesus always would tell them, go in peace and sin no more. Go in peace. You are forgiven. You are pardoned. So now you have joy and peace that transcends all things in this life. So my question to all of you, beloved, tonight is, have you realized this joy and peace in your life? Are they expressed in your life as a Christian? Do people see them in your life? 
if they see them in your life, it means they see Christ in you. They see Christ working in you and through you. I go to homes where people mourn over the loss of their beloved one. Every time I sit and hear a believer, a fellow believer, bringing words of hope and comfort to those who are mourning always amazes me. Because that person has something better that those people need at that moment. That person have experienced the peace and joy of God in Christ Jesus. Do you have that? Is it manifested in your life? Do people see it? Do people benefit from it? Because you have it in Christ Jesus. Listen to Isaiah, for you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace. And you, as the ransomed in Zion, will make a name for the Lord, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father and our God, Lord, thank you for the gift of joy and peace in the life of each and every one of us, those who trust in Christ, those who believe in Christ. And as we continue our journey in this life as believers, as exiles here on earth, we ask you to continue working in the life of each and every one of us by the power of the Holy Spirit so that each and every one of us would grow in our realization of the nature and the kind of joy and peace that you have given us as your children. Thank you for these gifts and help us to realize them to express them by faith and in hope. In the name of Christ, the Prince of Peace, we pray. Amen.